0: Welcome to Beyond the Pink Cloud, the podcast where we talk about moving forward in our lives through recovery and navigating the world with grace, ease, and humor. We've got tools and strategies from the experts to help you live with less stress and increased ease. Let's get into today's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in for another episode of Beyond the Pink Cloud. This is your host, Dr. Alice Kirby, and I'm really excited to be publishing this episode that you will hear today. It is from the Self-Love Summit that I ran back in February, so this is pre-COVID. It's all about self-love and techniques and ways that we can begin implementing tangible practices and steps we can take to begin actually bringing more self-love into our lives and take it out of the the sphere of just being a concept and really into some practical things you can do. And so this was a 5-day summit and the one I'm giving to you today is with Miss Africa Brooke, who is someone I just continue to be incredibly impressed with how she handles herself, her messaging, and she has such great profound insights to share. So you'll learn all about her during this episode and please go check out her Instagram, become a fan. I certainly am. And I continue to be definitely just impressed with what she's putting out and with how she carries and holds herself as a, as a woman and as a human. It is, uh, it's wonderful to wonderful to witness And it was such a delight to talk with her. So I know you're going to get a lot out of this episode. She gives some very practical guidelines to to self-love and what that is for her. So enjoy. In other news, um, the podcast is going to start coming out on Wednesdays instead of Monday. So just make a note of that. And as always, I appreciate your support. Please tell your friends. Please like and subscribe. And stay tuned because there will be some new offerings as far as ways to do some work with me around somatic experiencing and around some of these techniques that I, that I talk about so frequently to help build nervous system resilience and nervous system regulation. And I, I do have something in the works that's going to be a little bit different than anything I've offered before. So if that's something you're interested in hearing more about, you know, you can just continue to tune into the podcast, come and join our community on Facebook. All right, I'm excited. I'm really excited to actually publish this and listen to it again myself because it has been a while and just what a great reminder. And a I feel like this is just a pause and a breath of fresh air. I, I spent the day out in the woods, or I guess we don't really have woods here, but there was a good amount of trees, and just being in nature, uh, it's it is it feels like a reset, and I'm so incredibly grateful for it. So I wanted to bring a version of that to all of you. Without further ado, I will get you into the episode. Please enjoy it. Please like, subscribe, tell your friends. It means a lot and helps me just to continue to find amazing guests to bring to you. Thank you. All right. I think we are in business. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Thanks so much for everybody who's been a part of the Self Love Project and who's been showing up either in person or been able to catch these videos on the replay. And I'm delighted because today we have with us uh, Miss Africa Brooke. She is a mindset coach who hails from. You're in London, right? I know you're in the UK.
1: Yes, I am. I'm in London. I'm in London.
0: perfect. Um, and she has a, a whole bunch of amazing projects happening. And I'm going to let her tell you a little bit about yourself. If you'd like to just give a little bit of a, a background on who you are and the work you do, Africa and whatever that entails for you, just go for it.
1: Absolutely. First of all, thank you again for having me here. I'm I'm super, super excited um, to kind of get into all of this, but to kind of give an idea of who I am and what I do. So my name is Africa. So I'm a mindset coach and I'm a speaker and I'm an entrepreneur as well. And my journey specifically as a mindset coach, I'll kind of talk about that. It began about three years ago when I got sober. Um, so I had tried seven times to get sober and I would relapsed seven times. And the eighth time in 2016 is the time that things completely shifted for me because I realized what was different. Um, and just to give a little bit more detail, I had a very, very destructive relationship with alcohol. Mm. Um, I was a blackout drinker. I was a binge drinker. I did not know when to stop. Every single time that I drank, I did end up in a blackout. So for from the age of 14 until 24, it was a very, very dark period of my life. So in that space of time, I tried seven times to get sober. And in 2016, I realized that the thing that had shifted was my mind. Hmm. How before then what i had been trying were things like strategy right and what i mean by strategy it's things like trying to control the alcohol itself trying to control the environments that i'm in you know um trying to maybe have a glass of wine and then have a glass of water mm-hmm. um trying to download different apps that would help me manage my drinking so that was kind of the strategy part of things but my mind had not changed my mind was still very much romanticizing alcohol my mind was still very much attached to the idea of really stepping outside of myself because i didn't think that there was anything within me that was worthy so the eighth time i realized that my mind was different and that's when i sort of delved into the world of self-development and personal growth and spiritual healing And I started meeting different types of people who were also on the same journey. I started um, connecting with different mentors and spiritual healers and teachers. And through sharing my own story online, um, I ended up kind of accidentally building a global community and ended up supporting other people in their journey. And by that time, I had no idea that coaching was even a thing. I had no idea what that industry was. The only kind of coaching that I knew was sports, right? Mm -hmm. And just through doing that work and expanding my um, community and my network, I kind of got introduced to the world of coaching and it finally clicked what that thing I was supposed to do was, how I was supposed to serve. And this was about three years ago and it just developed from then on. That's kind of how I'm here. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I love that it was almost accidental that you built this yeah. this network just through sharing your own story. And it's, I mean, I think a lot of my listeners and some of the people in this group are sober women. So there, we, yeah. I certainly relate to this, you know, this real destructive time with alcohol and it's it's really yeah. hard to quit, you know, when you're in that place of like, I can't quit. And then once you do and everything starts opening up to you, it, it really is night and day. So for anyone who is listening, so I'm going to put this on the podcast, who's struggling with quitting, um seek out Africa and there's so many online resources. So I do just want to say that like there are so many people who, who get it and who have been where you are and there is another side to it. So just, wow. you know, I love to just remind people of that. Cause it's so, it's so great on the other side. And what maybe it
1: that? <laughs> like
0: maybe it wasn't at first, but, um, there, there is this beautiful kind of open field as Claire Pooley describes it waiting, but mm-hmm. I love that through you telling your own journey, you were able to build, and you have a huge community and global network, and you're doing so many interesting things. Um, mm. I, I love that you talk a lot about sex positivity and mm. um, defeating self-sabotage. And I was thinking mm. about like how self-sabotage is almost the opposite of, of self-love. Mm. And what are some ways that you find in working with your clients or even in, in your own journey of being able to really move through that so like to recognize when self-sabotage is showing up and then to be able to almost flip it so that it becomes um, self-love and an ability to act in a loving way towards ourselves as we traverse through some of those like old patterns or old thoughts that come up and, and want us to to step back or to sabotage mm-hmm. us.
1: Yes. Well, for me, the reason why I'm so fascinated with self-sabotage to begin with, it's because it's something that we all do in very different ways. For some people it's very obvious. For some people it's quite subtle. Mm. Um and for anyone that hasn't heard the concept in itself, self-sabotage in the way that I kind of explain it is when you pretty much get in your own way. It's when there's a conflict between the logical mind, so what you say you want, versus the unconscious, which is what you end up actually doing. So How it manifests for a lot of people is through things like um, procrastination. Mm. It's through things like comparison. It's through things like perfectionism. It's just when you find yourself in those self-defeating patterns and habits. So you could be doing all the planning, but for some reason you never follow through. Or when you're starting to get some kind of success. And we all define success differently, right? But when things are going well, it's almost like there's a bit of a discomfort and you mm-hmm. do something to just pull yourself back down because it feels more familiar. And that, you know, there's always a route to it. I think it's the reason why I think identifying where you're sabotaging yourself is the most self-loving thing you can do is because that's the only way to heal it. Right. Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, it's because we don't feel like we're worthy enough. We don't feel like we're worthy enough of the money, of the relationships, of the work, of the, There could be so many other things, but usually it's because people don't feel like they're worthy or they're enough, right? And that's the root, but it manifests in so many different ways. But I think in my own experience and with what I see with my clients, the only way to truly know self-love is to identify where you are holding yourself back. And it's very uncomfortable, but that is the start for Mm. sure.
0: What are some some ways, um, maybe some simple ways that you could share that are beneficial ways to start identifying those places? Because I know I work with a lot of people, a lot of women specifically, where this comes up. Of like, like you were saying, all the plans are in place. Like they sort of they have this conscious knowing of like I know what to do, but then it's you know we'll spend hours on the phone with them in tears of like I just can't. Or there's this. Yeah. And I remember for me when I was in this place, I would. I felt like I was running up into a metal wall and it was like that for years. It was so uncomfortable until I did a lot of this Mm -hmm. somatic experiencing work and was able to really kind of uncouple and unstick some of those patterns. And for me, that was really helpful. Um, But what are some ways you recommend like people really able to just kind of hone in, even if it's one small thing to Mm -hmm. say like, oh, I keep doing this. How can I change that? Or or just how can I increase my awareness around it even?
1: Yes. So I would say the first thing to do is to question everything. Mm, and when I, I say that. question everything, it's everything the mind says, because one thing we always do, we take everything the mind says as fact, right? Every single thing, whether it's doubt, and it's usually negative self-talk, right? Mm. Whether it's self-doubt or any anything that the mind is telling you that you can't do this, you're not good enough, et cetera. We usually take that as fact, but I always encourage people to question everything, in the same way you would if someone was standing right in front of you and saying something that is a little bit it like it doesn't really compute. It doesn't really make sense. And you can do that through journaling. I think, I think journaling is one of the best ways to do it. Or... There's also something that I recommend to people if, if it's something you're able to do is to kind of just record. If you have the voice recording app on your phone, kind of like voice notes, mm-hmm. spill out all of those thoughts onto that because it's mm-hmm. really important to hear them reflected back at you. So you can actually hear how ridiculous some of the things that we kind of say to ourselves are, right? But I think questioning everything is a good place to start. And understanding that all of it is because of fear. It's yeah. because there's a fear of the unknown, right? Because it's you've never been to that place before. Whether it's starting a new business, whether it is getting sober, whether it's getting into a new relationship, there's a lot of fear around it because you've never done it before. And that is normal. I think it's also important to normalize those feelings of discomfort. Yeah. It, it's completely normal. It doesn't mean it's because it's a very dangerous situation. It doesn't mean it's because you're going to fail. It just means you've never done it before and it's going to take a little bit of practice.
0: Definitely. I, I love that. And it's like our brains mm-hmm. almost identify our subconscious and our more of our reptilian brain structures identify these unknowns as like danger, danger. We might right. die here. And to recognize, right. like, oh, this is just my survival mechanism and my brain trying to protect me. It doesn't mean that
1: it's real. Exactly, so questioning everything is a good place to start. I love sure.
0: that. I love that. Is that um, part of the work that you did when you were when you were growing? I guess I'm curious for you too, because you you did find yourself really having built this amazing community and, and sort of global empire and and, what, yeah. and stepping into this business. I'm curious about for your own journey, like was it hard for you to sort of increase your internal capacity for that success?
1: Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And this is something I always tell people because they might see me now and they kind of see the result and think it's always been that way. But I had to expand in a way that I never, ever had before. And I think that's why I really understand that power of questioning everything, because if I had believed my own thoughts, you know, my thoughts telling me that, um, especially when I started my work as a coach, because I was just coaching through experience and through my own personal knowledge. I used to have those thoughts of you're not qualified enough. Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. would anyone want to be coached by you? You can't charge that much money, whatever that much money is. Mm-hmm. Um going to pay you all of these things right but once I started detaching from those things I could see it as the fear that it was and if I had given into them I we wouldn't even be having this conversation so I think the reason why I encourage discomfort so much and I just have to make clear that the way that I see it, discomfort and pain are two very different things. I think discomfort is necessary for growth to happen. I think, you know, the concept of growing pains is not accidental. So the reason why I encourage discomfort is because that is where growth happens. Because you have to meet a new identity. It's pretty much identity shifting. A lot of us don't realize that that space of a lot of uncertainty is identity shifting, right? You're stepping out of who you are, who people mm-hmm. think you are, and stepping into something you've never seen before, mm-hmm. but you know that there's something better there, but you've never seen it. So it is scary as fuck. Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> um, I think really. I, de- I definitely had to expand, and I still am. It's an ongoing process. It's not um, kind of a destination you get to, and then you get an expansion mm-hmm. certificate because you've done. It. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Maybe we could print some of those out for people. I'll give myself one every week. Be You've been uncomfortable enough this week. Go take a nap.
1: That's kind of a good idea. <laughs> I,
0: I kind of do that internally with myself, right? Because I'll get on these rolls and I'm like, yes, yeah, stuff is going and I feel so good. And then I really have to recognize kind of when the contraction comes in or the settling. And I'm like, no, right now, just rest. Like this is rest time. Right?
1: Um, yes. So-
0: But I, I love this idea of questioning everything too, because I think we do. I was actually listening to a guided meditation last night uh, with Jason Mm. Stevenson. I don't know if you're familiar; he's this Australian. um, He does these wonderful guided meditations. There's a ton of them on YouTube, and I had the Mm. opportunity to um, speak with him as well. He's like endorsed by Russell Brand, and he's like you know millions of. He's beautiful, and I don't really like guided meditations, so I. I um advocate for him but this is something he was saying in this meditation I was listening to. Yeah. He was talking about like we think our thoughts are reality and so just yeah. take a moment to accept that they're just, you know, like I forget how he explained it if he said energy sources but the gist mm. was that they're just coming in and they're going out and it's not anything you need to put all yeah. this stock in or belief in or or identity, like our thoughts are not our creation of ourself. Um, so I love that question, mm-hmm. everything that's reminds me of an old bumper sticker I had as a teenager that said question authority, <laughs> like, question the authority. Really? Of
1: the exactly. Oh, I love that question, the authority of the mind. I love that. Cause you are, you're absolutely right. We give, we give too much power to every single passing thing. And I think once we understand that most of the things that we think by default, that's just the conditioning, mm-hmm. right? It's things that you have been soaking in from a very, very young age and you never actually got an opportunity to decide which you want to follow. It's always just been automated, right? Mm-hmm. But I think when it comes to a point of you actually sitting with yourself and being like, actually, which thought do I want to action? Hmm. And you start to give yourself that power of choice, yes, right? Yeah. Because the reason why I, I let people know that if you do decide to kind of do the inner work and you find a lot of mess, you find the ugliness within yourself, you find the, you know, shadow side of yourself, it's important to not judge any of it. And I, I when I say any of it, I mean any of it because it is conditioning. We have been programmed in a certain way by our culture, by our environment, by our caregivers, by the schools that we went to. But at some point you do have to take the responsibility yeah. and step out of being the victim and just question all of it and take what you need and just leave the rest. Right.
0: Yeah. it's. Yeah. Per- I love that. Like we do have to take responsibility and, and I love working in this kind of environment of bringing on guests and bringing on these amazing, empowered people to share this mm-hmm. information of like, Hey, this isn't, you know, yes, you can work with coaches and and I think most of us do. And also like you can do these things for yourself every day. You can step into yeah. being an empowered individual and making new choices every single day, every moment, even, you know, all throughout mm-hmm. your days. Uh, I just, I love how that feels. It feels very uplifting to me and like expansive mm-hmm. to the greater community, you know, whoever's listening or watching. And I just love that we have, we do have this power of choice and we can step into it again and again and again. Yes. Yeah.
1: yes yes
0: yes yes <laughs> so i know you do a lot with sex positivity too and um i'd love to just hear you talk a little bit about that like what is sex positivity and as you know as women and i don't know if you work with men around it too
1: mm-hmm. um
0: but like how does this show up because i feel like when you talk about conditioning like sex there is so much sex conditioning that happens in our culture whether it's like towards one end of the pendulum or the other yeah. Um, So I'm just curious if you could talk a little bit about your work with sex positivity and and what that is.
1: Yes, absolutely. So I kind of fell into the world of sex positivity against something, a concept I had no idea about. Of course, I knew what sex was, but I didn't know that there was a positive side to it. To be honest, I had been living in a very sex negative environment, whether that was culturally or internally within myself. But something that happened when I got sober, and I don't know if a lot of people might resonate with this actually, was that I felt so disconnected from myself as a Mm. sexual being. And I realized that I had never actually accepted myself as a sexual being. I had only felt that I could express myself in terms of sex if alcohol was involved. And this, even in my relationships, I felt like that was the only state I could be in so I could be in my body without judging myself, without slut-shaming myself. Um, And so when I got sober, I realized that I had a lot of sexual shame to heal, but there weren't any spaces that were having these conversations in a really transparent way that I needed um whether that was online or offline i just couldn't find that space so in the same way that i did when i started kind of pretty much journaling my story online my sobriety story i started writing about my sexual healing journey Hmm. i started writing about um the fact that i realized that to heal all the sexual wounds that i had i had to work with the concept of self-pleasure because I had always tried to find pleasure in partners, I had never thought about my own pleasure. So I would write about it, I would journal about it. And that's when I started Cherry Revolution, because I made the decision to remove shame from the concept of pleasure, whether it's sexual or non-sexual. And even the word pleasure in itself, mm-hmm. for a lot of people, they kind of see it as a dirty word. I think <clears throat> people think of sex straight away when you hear the word pleasure. Yeah. So I started to, really I made the conscious decision to have the conversations that people are not having and it was not only a way for me to heal my own sexuality but to invite other people that didn't even know that they wanted to heal theirs but um yeah the concept of sex positivity is pretty much honoring yourself and other people as a sexual being it's not necessarily about um the heteronormative view of Penis and vagina penetration—that's an element of it. But it's about owning yourself and respecting yourself as a sexual being, and also acknowledging other people as sexual beings. Um, so that's kind of in a nutshell the work mm-hmm. that I do there.
0: That's yeah. lovely. I think that's that's so needed too. Um, and and I hear this a lot from sober women and women who have been who are newly sober or women who have been sober for a number of years. I feel like this comes up a lot in some of the groups I'm in online and and in my own personal work I do with women of like, you know, when I was drinking, I I felt like some, I heard someone say like, I felt like a porn star. I felt so sexy, or I felt like I could really be this very sexual person. But now that I'm sober, I don't know how to act or whether it's because like I'm uncomfortable with my body or just Mm -hmm. because that connection like isn't there. So it's, I think it's so important to be able to give people, like you were saying, a space to come in and discuss this and to really like get down and, and not dirty, but just to talk about what's like happening what's actually happening in our bodies and in our minds and where those blockages are. Because um, we all are, you know, sexual beings and beings of the universe and all this. Yes. Um, but sex is a big part of that. Yes. Um, so...
1: Absolutely, I, absolutely. And even with that as well, to, to let people... I've lost you a little bit.
0: Okay, yeah, we froze for a second, but I've, I've got you back over here. There
1: you are. There you are. Got me. there you are. Wait.
0: Wait. Okay. Okay. There you are. Let me turn the Wi-Fi off on my phone. I'll see if that helps. Um, no, it's our first time freezing through the okay. whole summit too. All right.
1: Really. Where where are you exactly? I'm in
0: San Diego in Ocean Beach. Where are you in San Diego?
1: Okay. Oh. amazing. Okay. Beautiful. Across the pond. Okay. Well I can hear you now.
0: Okay. Good, yeah. It seems like you're Yeah. You're live.
1: <laughs> good. Good, good, good. Back. Yes.
0: Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think so. And I I feel like you were about to say something, but I wanted to touch on too, just the, the and yeah. of course I want to hear what you're going to say. I love that you brought up pleasure and how mm-hmm. important it is to recognize, embrace, and to, um, to look for pleasure in our daily lives. This is a big part of the work that I mm-hmm. do. Like almost anyone who's heard me speak or say anything, mm-hmm. I'm always like, notice where you feel good. And notice yeah. when you feel good and take a minute to savor it because we're so quick to skip over that. You know whether that's sexual, whether that's feeling a breeze on mm-hmm. your skin, whether it's enjoying you know eye contact with a loved one. Like we just are, are I think the negative bias in our brains and our mm-hmm. sort of ADD societal conditioning. We just want to skip over those moments of like, well, yeah. I feel fine. So, ba boom, boom. What you know? What's the next thing that's wrong that I can fix? But it's so important to start embodying pleasure and to take it in. Um, it's huge because that's just becomes more of what we create and more of the, the life we shape. So I, I love that you you brought that up in this context as well. And and it is sexual and it's also not just, you know.
1: Yes, exactly. And you know what? I think that's a very, very good point. And it's one that I try to always drive home all the time, is that the reason why I make it clear that when I talk about pleasure, it's not necessarily sexual is because even in our daily lives we feel like it's a luxury we feel like it's something that we can't afford to do um but you're absolutely right in saying that it's the very simple things the things that we dismiss whether it's actually just sitting down for a moment or just Mm -hmm. having a cup of tea or just whether it's going for a walk or reading a book whether it's watching your favorite series if that makes you feel good right i think Once you start to make yourself feel good and and give yourself permission to feel good outside of the sexual context, it will make it much easier when it comes to sex. I think it is is a muscle that needs to be trained in every area because I think it does project itself in other areas of your life, whether that's sex or money or whatever else. And I think it's also directly... um, tied to receiving which is something mm. that I always find is uh, a lot of women have a problem with receiving but a lot of people aren't even aware of it right. but whether receiving pleasure in all forms in whatever forms it comes in right so that's something that I encourage as well just notice how you are when it comes to receiving just just start paying attention bring awareness to that because it will show you what your it will it will show you what why certain things are happening in your life and the way they are whether that's again whether it's with sex or money if you just pay attention to how am I with receiving do I have a resistance to receiving am I the kind of person that if someone pays me a compliment I'll be like oh this was really cheap oh mm-hmm. no just pay attention without judgment just pay attention because that will show you how let's say in sex maybe that means you have a bit of, you get uncomfortable if your partner is spending a lot of time giving you pleasure, Mm -hmm. then you kind of try to turn it around so that you give them pleasure instead, instead, right? Or if you are in business, maybe you price your services really, really low and you know, you wear this mask off, but I love doing this. You know, I don't need that much money. Mm -hmm. Just start paying attention because it can seem like it's unrelated, but it's all, it's all linked. It's all linked. I love
0: that. I love the concept of paying attention to how you receive, as it relates to all these other components of your life. You know, money and business and sex and because I think you're, I think it's so, it's so true. Why do you think it's so difficult, like for women to receive? Because I do think mm. it's women more than men. I don't know why, and maybe that's just bullshit that I'm making up. But I don't think so.
1: No, 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 no. I don't think it's. <laughs> I don't think you're making it up at all. <laughs> it's a pattern that I. Be in myself in my friends and my family in my clients in greater society and I think it's just the the world that we live in it's been set up in in some kind of way and if anyone listening to this is is you know familiar with the concept of the patriarchy and mm-hmm. the kind of system that we live in women taking a stance in the way they are right now it's fairly new women kind of standing up and demanding and standing true in who they are, whether it's in areas of uh, personal or professional, it's quite new. You know, we've always been um, kind of groomed to be timid, to kind of um, not speak until spoken to, right? That's that's the kind of way that it shows up. So I think the resistance to receiving is, is because we've never really been initiated to ask yeah. or be told that it's okay to state what you want, ask for what you want. And if you're not receiving what you want, you should be able to say, actually, this is not okay. This is how I prefer it. On a global scale, we've never really been initiated to do that. And I think we're in a time now where we're waking up to that realization and trying to find ways to to do something about it. So I do think it's fairly new. We're in a very new space right now.
0: I would agree with that, and I think too. To I think at a lot of times through history, it wasn't safe for us to do that. It wasn't yeah. safe for us to speak yeah. up. So I think that we're still working with some of those survival mechanisms yeah. of like, "What do you mean I have a choice? I don't think that doesn't seem right." You know, where we yeah. almost then go into these um, really strong defense strategies of, I, "I might die if I do this." Um, yes. Yeah. So I think that's another piece to it too. But I, I like what you said, and I that definitely resonates. Uh, and it's an interesting time. I mean, I think it's really lovely that we're sort of not in the same place we were when there was you know women's liberation in the 70s but yeah. to me it feels a little more organic now and we are coming from i think women and people in general are coming from more of this heart-centered space and, and space of uh, collaboration maybe that's just the circles mm-hmm. i run in <laughs> but i hope that's a global truth
1: yes i believe so i believe so i think even the fact that you and i are able to have this kind of conversation right now a conversation that crosses the boundaries of uh, sobriety and sex and and business and whatever else I think that's a very big sign that there is a shift and because I seem to be having conversations like this more often they seem to be the most common types of conversations Mm. that I have these days so I think that there absolutely is a shift for sure for sure yeah
0: I love that. Um, it's so fun too. It's, I love this so yeah. much. It's getting to speak with other people and be inspired by the work they're doing. Um, yeah. and so since this is the self love summit, I'm curious if you could share maybe a few things that, that helped you on your journey. And I know you talked about the journaling and, and questioning or some, some practices that you, you do now, or that you recently implemented, that help yes. um, help to just fortify your own self love and your own relationship with yourself. If there's any specific practices or mantras mm-hmm. or things that you do that you'd be comfortable sharing,
1: yes, absolutely. I love I love that question. Um, and for me, one of the biggest, biggest things I would say has kind of changed how I do a lot of things is napping. And that might sound like what napping? Napping? Nap? Oh, taking... I, love
0: that. I love this answer. <laughs>
1: The reason why that is, is because I realized that there's a, there's a kind of um, cultural thing, especially in my culture. So I'm African, I'm from Zimbabwe, but there's a cultural thing whereby rest is seen as something that again, it's a luxury Mm -hmm. that you have to work yourself to the bone, that you're, you're only valued if you're exhausted and working all the time. And that's something that's so deeply embedded in, in the ancestral line. I think even when you trace back to kind of slavery and some of the trauma that comes with this idea of resting, that it's bad to rest. Yeah. And yeah. I found myself so burnt out last year um, in the early stages of my business. And on the surface, it looked like things were going very well, but I was so exhausted and it was taking such a toll on my mental health. And but I was living this facade of you know to be successful you need to be on 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 and then when you're successful enough you can rest mm-hmm. but that that never happens there's always this idea of what's next you will go 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 yeah um, and when I started to I discovered a space about a about around that same time called the nap ministry so if you're on Instagram just search up the nap ministry it's this down. brilliant ah oh, you you will love it Alice um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> brilliant woman in Atlanta and she hosts kind of like napping circles and she brings people together so they can nap. And she talks about how um, napping is really radical and how resting is a very radical thing in the in the world that we live in right now. And since I started making the conscious decision to nap every single day during the week when I work, So between three and 5 p.m. I'll nap for an hour. Hmm. It's changed my life. So that's a big self-help practice. (laughs) And for for anyone watching this, you don't have to do it every single day. But I would advise you to invite intentional rest into your life. Because when I did that, it did trickle into every area of my life. You know, I'm able to be more creative, I'm able to be more present to my clients and to the people in my life because I give myself permission to rest. I can also allow other people to see that you can be successful in life and business and still make time to actually just rest to do to do nothing if yeah. you will um so rest is is number one intentional rest and nothing that's my that's my biggest biggest mm. one for sure. Um, and then the last thing I will mention is that, um, for me, self-pleasure, self-pleasure has been instrumental because I was very disconnected to my sexual body. I was very disconnected to my feminine. Um, and through sobriety, I was able to actually see that shame for what it was and I couldn't run away from it. I had to work with it. Hmm. And what I realized very early on is that, as I mentioned before, that I couldn't, heal my sexual wounds with a partner i had to do it myself Mm. so something that i started practicing was something called mirror work where i realized that i had never seen my own vulva before you know i had allowed partners to see it but i had never ever Mm. seen it and i know this is the case for many people so i bought myself a mirror like a large paddle mirror and every every other day, I would just look at my vulva without judgment, not in a sexual way. Some Sometimes it would end up being sexual, but most of the time it just wasn't. I would just look at my own body. Hmm. And in the beginning, I, I just didn't like it. I felt like my labia was too big. I just didn't, all of these things. Hmm. But over time, I started to normalize my own body. And that was a practice that helped me so much. Um, And then I so slowly started introducing self-pleasure and I will recommend a book that has been, Oh, it's incredible. It's called women's anatomy of arousal and it's by Sherry Winston, S H E R I Winston. Um, And this book is fantastic. If there's anyone that wants to just connect to their sexual body, wants to actually understand their anatomy, because there's so much that has been removed from our, educational texts that we just don't know. Um, and there's also, it's a very practical book as well. So that book, Women's Anatomy of Arousal, really led me on this journey of self-pleasure and that trickled into all other areas of my life. So napping and self-pleasure, those are my two.
0: <laughs> I love those. I love both of those. And I love the idea of just using a mirror to look at your vulva, like, because you're right. We don't do that. I don't do that. But Mm -hmm. it it is, it's like this big, huge, important important part of ourselves that we just don't take into consideration. So I love that. Just even
1: kindly, just like sharing space, like with your own vulva. Like it's it's lovely. uh, Right. Because the other truth is that um, a lot of us have been conditioned by porn. That is just the reality of it. So we have very singular idea of what we should look like we have a very singular idea of um, what femininity what desire looks like and i think just by stepping outside of that in a very practical way just getting a mirror and just looking Mm. without judgment you don't have to touch you don't have to do anything just have a look right and the more you do that and you start to if you're comfortable you start to introduce self-pleasure just a little bit of touch and maybe you journal about the differences that you see when you're um, not aroused versus aroused, just if you can start to almost like a Mm. self-study. I think it just helps you to normalize the body that you carry every single day, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and our body is so full of all this innate wisdom. You know, I love talking Mm -hmm. about the body as our best barometer and how we walk around Mm -hmm. and these tools that like let us know, is this okay, is this not? But it's, it's learning to listen. And I love bringing that piece into it. Um, and I love what you said too, again, about the pleasure just trickling over into these other areas of our life.
1: Yes, it really does. It really does. And allow yourself to start small. You don't have to go big, you don't have to do so much. Just start small because the little things really do add up. And they will, I think, the little things are often the most powerful because mm-hmm. they become the habits, they become the defaults, they become the patterns. And you will see them showing up in other areas in the most, just in the most kind of f- fluid ways, ways that won't cause any friction. But I always say to people, just start small, meet yeah. yourself where you are for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I feel like that's been a big theme of the the uh, the summit overall is this concept of titration yeah. in like little bits, small amount, and just just start with something. So thank you so much for for those ideas too. Cause that's such a great way to end the summit. Um, um, so I love that. And I'm going to start practicing those things too. I love, I love yeah. pleasure as a concept.
1: Um, yes, yes, yes.
0: and then is there, I like to just kind of give people a megaphone. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we sign off or any, anything you're working on that you want to let people know about?
1: Um, I would just say, just, just come join me in my Instagram community. That's where you kind of get everything that I'm putting out at the moment. It is my last year on social media and um, I plan to make it as powerful and as impactful as possible. You can just find me at Africa Brook with an E at the end. Um, And I talk about the subconscious mind. I talk about mindset. I talk about reframing old beliefs. I talk about sex, money. I just talk about the things that I feel feel are kind of missing, you know, and it shows up in different ways. But if you just join me on that, there'll be so much.
0: And I'll post a link there. And I second that. Uh, Africa has a great Instagram with a lot of really good information. And uh, you can, she talks a lot, so you can hear more of her beautiful voice and accent. um, (laughs) I think we're all so obsessed with here in the States. Um, (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to come and talk with me and, and close out our summit this week. Thank you.
1: Thank you so, so much for having me. Thank you, Alice.